In business, you lose if you don't make sales. Every Business 101 class tells you, get a product, market it, get sales, and then retire to a private island where you can live with your billions. Yet companies spend millions on advertising and go bankrupt in a year. Why isn't this working? The answer is very simple. But first, I have a question for you. What percent of people talk about products and companies online? 80%, 75%, or 50%? They're all wrong. 7% of people talk about businesses and products online. And even less of those see what people are posting because we're so inundated with all this content from social media. So we never actually see 90% of the stuff that people post. This means no matter how much money you put into your ads, you're always going to benefit more from people's recommendations through word of mouth. Contrary to business belief, a lot of people still have lives outside of the internet and we spend a lot more time talking to people offline than we do online and we actually have more deep and valuable conversations. So the products and businesses that these people are talking about with their friends and families are more targeted and more trustworthy than any Facebook, Instagram, YouTube ad could ever be. So how as creators and authors and artists do we benefit and try and get people talking about us? Well, in the book Contagious by Jonah Berger, he gives us six ways that we can appeal to these people. The first way is social currency. I was walking down the street yesterday and a bright green Lamborghini pulled up at the stoplights next to me. The engine was so loud, it was so hard to miss, and obviously everybody turned around to see what was making all of the racket. But then everybody just looked in amazement at the flashy car. And if you think about it, I'm telling you this story now, some people after seeing this car will go home and tell their friends and family about the Lamborghini and then it would just be a chain reaction until somebody who has the money and the position will go out and buy their own Lamborghini. Boom, Lamborghini has made a sale without doing any marketing, just having somebody driving their car. So for this tip, think about ways that you can make people use your product and talk about it to other friends. So you can use this strategy in your business by finding ways to make people look cool or intelligent by using your product. The guy who was driving the Lamborghini obviously felt cool because he was driving it and everybody was staring at him. So you've got to find a way to make whatever you're selling or service you're providing to be valuable so people will want to tell their friends so it makes them look cooler. So give them something cool to talk about. The next tip that Jonah Berger gives us is triggers. I'm not talking about PTSD triggers or anything like that. I'm talking about things in everyday life. So between Cheerios and Disneyland, which one do you think people talk about more? Disneyland, right? Everybody loves Disneyland, the home of Mickey Mouse. Everybody's favorite childhood shows were there when they were growing up. Wrong, it's Cheerios. This is because people see cereals and healthy foods on a day-to-day -day basis. So they're always reminded of the plain rings that Cheerios tried to serve. And yet, nobody really talks about Disneyland because you only think about it once or twice a year if you're gonna book a holiday or one of your friends has been there. Cheerios are talked about a lot more because people are triggered to remember them and so will be more likely to talk about them. The more you get somebody thinking about your product, the more chance you have of them actually wanting to talk about it. So in your product or service, make sure that things in somebody's everyday life can be used to trigger it. 
For example, me, I've got a song called Coke Can, so whenever anybody drinks a can of Coke, they'll think of my song, hopefully. And if you haven't checked that out, I'll leave a link in the bio because it's a good song. So if you've got a book or something like that, just may maybe try and give it like some sort of normal household item name. So people will be like, oh, there's that song about that or there's that book about that. And then people will want to re-engage with it and talk about it with other people. So the third tip that Jonah teaches us is emotions. Somebody who's really good at getting people into action through emotion is Andrew Tate. Mixed reviews on the color. Some people said they like it. Some people said they don't like it. And I said, well, what color is your baguette? <laughs> yeah, I know he's a controversial figure, but he has mastered people's emotions and managed to make a million dollar empire in Hostler's University using this method. He's managed to manipulate millions of people into talking about him because he feeds on the emotion of saying all these like hateful stuff that will get people angry about what he's saying and then they're more likely to tell somebody else like oh did you hear what Andrew Tate said and they'll be like oh no let me look and then the cycle continues of people just continuously consuming Andrew Tate's content so if you're thinking about ways to put emotion into your careers then what I'd suggest is try to add an element that will connect to a lot of people in any emotion you want it doesn't have to be hate it can be happiness it can be joy it can be sadness Whatever kind of niche you're going for with your target audience, just make sure there's something in there that will make them have an emotional attachment to whatever you're trying to sell. Tip number four, public. Steve Jobs, when he was releasing the first MacBook, had the Apple logo facing you when you opened it. Now that you've all looked at the back of your MacBooks, I hate to tell you, but they flipped the logo around. They realized that it's more important to have other people seeing the logo rather than the person using it. Because if you think about it, if you're using a MacBook, you're not even looking at the logo until you close it again. So if somebody's in a coffee shop and they're using their MacBook, everybody else in the store will look over and see the Apple logo and be like, whoa, I want to get one of those. And then it just builds that branding. So they really harnessed whether the customer experience or the branding was more important. And in this case, it was the branding. And then they sold millions more MacBooks and the logo still used to this day. So in your creative business, take a moment to figure out how you can effectively use branding and make all of the stuff you're selling or growing online more visible to your audience. So for example, with YouTube, the more videos you post, the more visibility your brand has because YouTube will recommend more videos to them. Or if you're an artist, a music artist, you can create more songs and then that'll be more visibility for your brand and stuff like that. Just find ways that will get more and more people talking about whatever you're doing. And I think trying to be consistently uploading or developing new stuff is a good way to do this because then your audience will always have more and more things to talk about to their friends and family. Chapter five, practical value. This one is pretty self-explanatory, but give people so much information that they have to tell their friends and family about it. A good example of this is the Dyson vacuum. Back before Dyson was even a thing, you would always have corded vacuums where you'd have to plug and unplug and move around and it was heavy and it was just such a nuisance to get around the house to clean. But then Dyson came in and they created their cordless vacuum 
so it was super lightweight. You could do the whole house in one go and then you could put it back, no fuss. And this was great branding because everyone was like, wow, this vacuum is amazing. It saved me so much time and it's so lightweight. So that will get more and more people talking about it with their friends. And Dyson absolutely exploded after they released this because word of mouth just caught up so fast. So be innovative in your creative careers. Try and find new stuff that people want to talk about that will give them a more effective way of doing something or even better, show them how what you're doing would benefit them more than your competitors. And then final chapter is stories. Blendtec has a video series called Will It Blend? It's quite old now. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of it. I don't know if so many of you have watched it, but it's a good series. But basically, Blendtec made blenders and they sold none. And then a marketing guy came in and he saw that the owner of Blendtec was testing his blenders by putting wood planks in them. And so he was like, why don't you create a video series where you just throw random stuff into the blender and see what happens. And then after he posted all of these videos, Blendtec exploded and he sold so many blenders. But this is because the Will It Blend series is a great story. Because imagine telling your friend, oh, I just watched this video where this guy blended an iPhone or he blended some glow sticks. It's like, why would you be putting that in a blender? And then they'll watch it. And then eventually you'll get people who would want to buy the blenders. But the key factor that you need to realize if you're trying to do a story for your product or service is your product or service has to be the main element of the story. Otherwise, somebody could tell the story without including your product. And then what's the point of making the story in the first place? Benefit from creating a storyline that your customers can get behind, but just make sure that you are the center of the story so people will come back to you. I hope you've got some interesting tips. Let me know what you guys want me to cover in future episodes. Like and subscribe. I've been Ben, also known as MX. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.